Hello, my Hope family. Thanks for joining me on this Tuesday at the beginning of April and as an added bonus during the week of Easter as we look forward to the celebrations this weekend, uh, both the commemoration of Jesus' death on the cross for us in our Good Friday service and the celebration of his resurrection on Easter morning. So I pray that this week is a week full of the Spirit, full of focus, getting your mind fixed and set, prepared, even ruminating on and running through what this week and, and what we remember this week means to you personally in your salvation. We are today in Psalm 57, and as we go through these psalms, I think there are some themes that show up over and over again, themes about danger and trust. Today, there's we're just going to read this entire psalm. Um, it really just speaks to this whole concept of the relationship we have with the Lord and the reason that we have hope. I've called this have mercy because that's how the psalm begins. Actually, in the introduction, it talks about to the director of music, music to the tune of Do Not Destroy. Obviously, we don't know that song of David. So this is a, a psalm of David, a mictum, which is a lot of discussion about what that means. But then it puts this historical note when he had fled from Saul into the cave. So we have a setting for this psalm. The setting is that David is in trouble. It's probably the time that we remember where David is hiding in a cave and Saul comes into the cave and David is delivered. That feeling of being trapped, that that sweat that comes over us of, oh no, this is the moment where it all falls apart, where all that I've been running from and all that I've been afraid of has come true. What am I going to do now? This song reflects David in that moment. Not that he sat there and wrote this song in that moment, but that moment had this effect on him. And he wrote this song in response to that moment. And it says this, have mercy on me, God, have mercy on me for in you, I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are as spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. So as we read that, one of the things you recognize is a familiar thing about music and songs. There's a chorus here, verse 5 and verse 11. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Thematically, as the chorus, this is part of what David holds on to. In this moment of danger and despair, this moment when it feels like all is lost, David says, but God, your glory will be shown. So be exalted above the heavens. May your name be great. May your story prove out your goodness and your faithfulness. So David turns his attention there in this chorus, in this song that he writes. I just want to look at three things from this psalm. The first of it is 
simply this, when we say have mercy to begin. The idea of mercy in scripture is often connected to God having compassion for us, kindness, a tender heartedness towards us. But the concept of mercy is more than that. The concept of mercy is that God does not give us what we deserve, that we escape the punishment that is due to us. Salvation is an act of mercy. It is by his mercy he has saved us. We do not get what we deserve. Instead, we get grace. We get something that we don't deserve. Have mercy on me. And so as I read this about, you know, he's in the midst of lions, forced to dwell with ravenous beasts. People are around him with spears and arrows. Their tongues are sharp swords. Like this whole sense of danger. What I notice about that is that David says, have mercy on me. Don't let this come to me. I think sometimes we presume that we deserve a good life, that we deserve provision, that we deserve protection, that we deserve blessings. But David writing, have mercy, really is corrective to us. Everything that we deserve is what we actually don't get. All of the the results of our own mistakes and choices have a breaking effect on our relationship with God. And they have a sowing and reaping effect on our lives. And reaping always comes back as a bigger harvest. So there is this sense that I go to God, not with a sense of uh, you owe me this and I deserve that, but with a sense of God, have compassion on me, have mercy on me. Don't give me what I deserve. Instead, reveal your goodness in my life. I think that corrective of just our attitude and our mindset could be so helpful that when hard times, lean times come into our lives, we don't feel like God has betrayed us. Instead, we feel like, well, this is probably what I deserve. This is probably the the right things for my life. Without the mercy and grace of God, this is what life is. And so I'm thankful for God's mercy that God gives me good things instead of the things that I deserve. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. What does God do? It's a very um, normal thing in the Psalms to see in this poetry parallelism where things are repeated over and over again and you get this sense of like expectation. So in verse six, where it says, they spread a net for my, my feet, I was bowed down in distress. There's a, the next part, they dug a pit in my path. So you see, they spread a net for my feet and they dug a pit in my path. So you expect that the second, the last line is going to match the second line. I was bowed down in distress and they dug a pit in my path. So I fell into it. But here's the surprise. But they have fallen into it themselves. What God does is he allows the wicked, he allows those who are against him to move forward with their plans all the while knowing, as we should know, that their plans are only bringing them to their own destruction. I should not envy them. I should not get frustrated with God as he lets that play out. Instead, I should be sure that those who have rebelled against God are bringing about their own destruction. And while God may be letting it happen, he is not missing anything that's going on there. Certainly not the danger they're bringing to my life. So then David has this conversation. As he realizes that God is for him, that God is merciful to him, he says, my heart is steadfast. And that strength of, I'm going to hold on to what I believe. And then the response is, so I will sing and make music and awaken my soul. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you. So as David realizes how God is merciful and how God works and always wins, how his justice is always uh, comes through in the end and, and is unstoppable, He begins to praise the Lord. He begins to strengthen his resolve to trust the Lord. 
and he walks with God in a deeper faith than ever before. So he says, For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. God, your faithfulness is beyond anything I can measure. I've seen it in my life, and I even see it in this situation, in this cave where Saul comes after me. And and certainly from that example, when Saul came into the cave and delivered Saul into David's hands, and he could do whatever he wanted with him, and David decided not to harm him in any way, that is a reflection for David of the emotional experience of being in danger and feeling like it's all coming to an end, and then seeing God's hand of deliverance and not missing it, but memorializing in a song that Israel then sings for a thousand years, talking about God's faithfulness is bigger than we can imagine. His love is beyond any comprehension. Great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Today, let's see God being faithful and good to us, even when it feels like all is lost. Let's remember that God's work is a work of mercy to us. We don't go to God because he owes us a good life, protection, provision. We go to God because he's good. And then we watch God bring about justice, bring about righteousness. We watch God's plan unfold over time for his purpose and his will. And what it causes us to do is stay steadfast in our soul. So that, And when we're steadfast, it comes from a place of we are able to praise God for his goodness, and to make his glory known in this earth. I hope that's what our lives do this day.